Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to my first ever Goldmouth podcast. Um, I thought that I would grace the airwaves with my voice. Um, for those who don't, don't know me, I write for the uh, Anfield uh, Index blog. Um, I also write my own blog on We Like to Talk um, at welikettotalk.wordpress.com. Um, most of the content and most of the kind of videos and anything that I share um, will always be on my Twitter feed at MrCross89. And um, yeah, I'm just a big lover of football. You know, the pe- uh, the page on my Twitter feed is completely dedicated to football. Um, we also do the goal mouth goals um, every Saturday and Sunday. So check out that. There'll be um, myself giving you guys the goal updates, who scored, how, you know, what the goal was like, you know, description of everything that happened. Um, there'll be videos as well, some highlights. Um, we'll also be picking up on highlights within the game, some talking points to share. Um, that all happens on Goal Mouth Goals every Saturday and Sunday. So um, follow me at Mr. Cross 89 on the Twitter feed. And um, yeah, uh, you'll sure be in for some entertainment. So um, to start with, um, as it's going to be my first pod, I thought I'd have a bit of a discussion with the games that are coming up and the some of the teams that will be taking part and um, the first game uh, of the weekend we go to Sunderland where Sunderland take on Arsenal both teams failed to score in their previous uh, games Sunderland going down 1-0 to West Ham and uh, Arsenal drawing quite luckily has to be said at times um, 0-0 against Middlesbrough and um, it's a clash of two teams going in completely different directions you know um, for Sunderland, it's been an abysmal start to the Premier League season. Nothing new there. We always seem to see them struggling and scratching and clawing. And a lot of us ask why, why that is. You know, no win all season. Zero creativity. I mean, only Yanazai um, has managed double-digit key passes with 11 and he's out injured. Only Duncan Watmore and Jack Rodwell, both with an assist each. And only Defoe and Van Aanholt with the goals. Defoe with four and Van Aanholt with two. So there's not a lot of productivity coming out of that team at the moment. And it's uh, it's a shame. You never like to see professional footballers look as down on their luck as they are. But they don't seem to really be offering any sort of solutions. David Moyes doesn't really seem to know whether he wants Sunderland to just sit back for 90 minutes and hope Defoe scores. Or if he actually has a game plan. Something that he believes, you know, can be integrated into these group of players. And you're looking around and, you know, as I said, no creativity, hardly any goals. You know, the defence is wobbly at best. Many of the fans, you know, haven't really taken too kindly to Jilabodji after um, having him replace Eunice Kabul. And, and, you know... If you're going to be a team that sits back and goes on the counter, then at least do that bit right. You know, you have teams like West Brom or Jalbion. West Brom would probably be my perfect team to pick up. West Brom, forever they were a yo-yo team. A team that went up and down every season. No stability. Plenty of Premier League pound sign windfalls. But, you know, they were too good for the Championship, not good enough for the Premier League. And then Tony Pulis came on and you no, know, he's not big. He's not liked, you know, 
by the Twitterati, uh, etc. But the one thing that he does so well is he knows, okay, I have a group of players who athletically good. They know how to play football, but they're not graced with the presence of, you know, creativity in left, right and centre and 20 to 25 goals. So what does Tony Pulis do? He makes sure he sets them, them out to be solid. Hard to beat. If we're not going to win goals by open play, then we're going to win goals through set pieces. Alive, alert to the second balls. They're a solid group of players. And for all the criticism you can throw to Tony Pulis, at least he's managed to coach into the West Brom psyche a formula that will keep them in the Premier League. Unless West Brom owners, um, the new owners that came and want to inject a lot of money into the club, there would be no reason to get rid of Tony Pulis. And on the flip side, Sam Allardyce was doing the same thing at Sunderland. Trying to make Sunderland hard to beat. Win uh, goals from uh, uh, counter-attacks or set set pieces. Because quite frankly, you know, they didn't have the players to be able to do anything else. But David Moyes just, you know, he just, at this moment in time, seems to... He's not being able to coach the grit and determination that's needed to win a football match. And he can't keep relying on Defoe and Van Arnholt to score goals. And with Fabio Barini out for some time, I mean, even he's not too prolific. So, you know, the question marks need to be asked on, on, on the transfer policies. And, you know, averaged out since 07, 08 between 20, you know, the highest being £40 million pounds in 07, 08, I do believe. And, you know, in terms of a net spend as a team, they sit £7 million, you know, net spend, what? £177 million pounds since the season, uh, since Premier League began. They've purchased, you know, they spent £237 million pounds on players altogether, you know. In terms of since the Premier League began as a club to build itself since the Premier League era, they've more than invested money in, in, into the projects. They've invested more money than Crystal Palace, £183 million pounds since, the, since the league started. West Brom Ajabian even. You know, they've invested £194 million since the, since the uh, Premier League season began. So there's been plenty of investment, but the investment has been spent in the wrong places, the wrong type of players, players that are not necessarily going to be willing to fight unless, they have a, unless you stick a rocket up their ass. And right now, David Moyes doesn't seem to be the guy who knows where the dynamite is. So I have serious concerns for Sunderland this season. I really do. I, I, you know, they haven't won a game yet. It's almost November. Season started when we were still wearing vests. Okay, it's been warm. <laughs> you know, it's been quite warm, you know, for an October. But, you know, it's, it's, coats have been coming out and they still haven't won. And they go and play Arsenal. I mean, they sorry, they visit, uh, have, uh, take the visit of Arsenal, who... Despite not scoring any goals in their last campaign, look absolutely devastating. And quite frankly, if Sunderland are not going to figure out their way to defend against Arsenal, then it's going to be a long, long, long morning for 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 the Black Cats. Moving on to Arsenal now, and. Um, Judging by the uh, the the tables up in front, um, these are the expected goals table 
I got it from um, Eleven Stegen. Hope I said that right. <laughs> Eleven Stegen. Um, they correlate data and basically, you know, put it, um, do the math and come up with what's called an expected goal. And, you know, through the, the, the area player may take a, a chance from, you know, ha- um, uh, position in the pitch, a particular shot, how close was it to be in a goal? You know, they collate all this data and put it together and they have an expected, expected goals. You know, how many expected goals after everything that the players did should the teams have had? And look up there, you know, it clearly says that Middlesbrough really should have, you know, potentially won the game. They had some huge chances in that game. And, um, and Arsenal at times looked very, very shaky. A lot of pace through the ranks, you know, they... they, they and up front creating, you know, Middlesbrough sat in well. You know, Middlesbrough have a very good defensive record themselves, but they just, you know, can't seem to score goals. I mean, but again, they have one of the best defensive records um, from any team that's around them. I mean, they've conceded 11 goals this season and that's the same as Liverpool. So, um, you know, that, that, that says a lot about how well Middlesbrough defend, defended. The problem was, you know, they don't score enough goals of seven all season. Hence why, despite the high number of expected chances that they could have got, they ended up taking none of them. And then obviously what comes next after an Arsenal draw with a team that's 17th in the league, a furor of question marks. Articles came out suggesting that, you know, Oliver Giroud is still very much needed at Arsenal, which I totally agree with. But I do think that what Arsene Wenger has found in this new formation is something that should be plan A. See, for Arsenal in this game, I think you lose Santi Cazorla, you lose Granit Xhaka, and ultimately you lose your magicians. You you, you lose the, the guys that essentially construct the orchestra. And with Cthulhu and Xhaka, that's exactly what they were. If you look at passing maps, again, go to Levin Stegen, fantastic uh, Twitter account. He shares all of this stuff. If you go to a lot of Arsenal's passing maps, you will see firsthand just where the majority of the passing comes from. Cthulhu, Xhaka, Cthulhu, Xhaka. You know, looking at Cthulhu's numbers this season, you know, 10 key passes this season. You know, he's up there. I think he's fourth overall with Arsenal in terms of key passes. 8 out of 14 successful dribbles, 81.4% accurate passing per 90 minutes, 10 out of 18 tackles, 7 interceptions, 10 blocks, um, including 14 passes, passing lane blocks. So that just goes to show you just what he provides to the team um, and just how sorely missed he will be eventually if he was to go. I mean, there was a big talk about getting a number of players on contracts this season, but one of the players from all that have been discussed are getting new contracts Cthulhu is Arsenal's main man. It's it's no. It, I've noticed it before. I've seen it before with Arsenal. They lose Cthulhu for a month or two, and, and suddenly their season goes off the rails a little bit. And and it's no coincidence that you know when he doesn't play, Arsenal don't seem to play. Um, so as soon as he comes back, and you know as soon as Granit Xhaka comes back, has also been a phenomenal addition to the midfield. I think Arsenal will be okay. You know, as far as as far as I see it, my opinion, it will be Walcott, Sanchez, Ozil right now. As long as they've got their as long as they've got their conductors behind them, are could potentially be the deadliest quartet. You know, even more deadly. Even let me take that back a second. Just as deadly as Liverpool's quartet. 
And and I, I think it could go down between who's called Tets better because what, you know, as a Liverpool fan, what I appreciate so much about what Arsene Wenger's trying to do is very similar to what Liverpool are doing at this moment in time. And that is, you have a false nine, a guy who is so intelligent in every facets of football in the attacking position and the pressing situations that he allows the players around him to play more, to score more, to assist more because... You know, not only is he gonna be quest, he's gonna be stretching defenses with with uh, key runs popping up left, popping up right through the center, etc. You know, but he will drop deep, allow others to make the runs, and he'll he'll dribble at defenders and 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 make them make them question themselves while Ozil, Iwobi, and Walcott are making attacking runs and getting into the strikers' positions. And more better than anything, he's so good with the ball. You know, he's going to put that assist. He's going to put it on the plate. Let's not forget that goal he's, uh, he set up for Ozil. Phenomenal assist. Put it on the plate for Ozil to, to send it on the half volley. Um, and so, you know, it's so, you know, they're players within that team that are so versatile with each other. You know, Theo Walcott is a man that can come off off the off the sides and and make those uh, na- more narrow runs through the middle because you know he's always wanted to be a striker and he's getting his chance to prove it. Um, you know he score he's scoring goals at a, at a great rate. Okay, he, he's missed a few fluffers here and there, but genuinely speaking, you know Theo Walker is on fire. You, you know you would not you not put it past him to to get up to twenty goals this season. You know such is his his phenomenal performance and. And and the same with um, with Alex Awobi at this moment in time. You know he has been uh, godsend, if you will, to Arsene Wenger because you know let's be honest, when it, when we all saw that Aaron Ramsey, you know, in the peak of his powers, was all of a sudden going to be be injured, you know, and and be out for as long as he has been, to call upon someone like Alex Awobi to fill in the gap and and really take the position as you know. Advanced, advanced midfielder, very, very seriously, and, and and with both hands on it, you know, he's done absolutely phenomenal. And and you know, I, I wrote about the quartet in my last blog um, two weeks ago, and and I know the goals and assists didn't change because they didn't score against Middlesbrough, but you know, just to give you an idea, the quartet have twelve goals and eight assists this season, with Walcott leading with five. They've provided a combined fifty-four key passes is more than the entire Sunderland team combined. All four have proved how well they can dribble, successfully taking on their opponents 53 times a season, more than Burnley. And that just goes to show just how dangerous they can be and they will be um, uh, against Sunderland. You know, it, it, Middlesbrough defended well. I do believe that Arsenal lost their rhythm a bit by losing their two uh, conductors. Um, but I think Arsenal will be in the mood um, come lunchtime, and I really do feel that this is going to be um, uh, could potentially be a big, big scoreline, and could potentially be the end of David Moyes if it's humiliating enough. But there could be a silver lining behind all that. Let's not forget Xhaka and Cthulhu are are not available for this game. Uh, Cthulhu has a seventy five percent chance rate as far as I can see, but. He's a bit touch and go, but I doubt he's going to be playing in this game. And, you know, Granit Xhaka is also suspended. So there could be some hope if Sunderland can take advantage of of Arsenal's lack of uh, harmony losing their two conductors from the, from the team. You know, there, there, there is a chance there that they could make something happen. But 
I honestly don't see it personally myself. I don't think they've given anything to 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 suggest otherwise. And um, I think you know Arsenal will just pick up Sunderland apart. Um, so for this prediction, I'm going for an Arsenal four, Sunderland one. <laughs> 